Hey y'all, you're listening to Word on the Street, an OML and RRC podcast. everyone to another episode of Word on the Street, an OML and RRC podcast. Uh, today, if you guys didn't probably clicked on this, uh, we're going to be discussing biphobia featuring Pia Cruz from the Q Corner. Um, as always, my name is Anissa. I'm one of the SIUs of the RRC. I use she, her pronouns. And I'm going to go ahead and pass it off to either one of my coworkers that would like to start. Hi, my name is Bella. I use she, her pronouns. And I'm also an SIE in the Rainbow Resource Center. I'm Nicole. I also use she, her pronouns. And I'm also an SIE. Uh, I should also announce that uh, part of the reason that we're all here is that we all identify underneath the bisexual umbrella. I personally identify as pan. Um, No one else has to share that, but it's something that I just felt like sharing in the moment. But now I will go ahead and give it off to our special guest. Pia, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. Um, My name is Pia Cruz. My pronouns are she, her. Uh, I'm a peer support mental health worker uh, underneath the Q Corner. Um, And so for those of you who don't know, the Q Corner is a subset program of the Behavioral Health Service Department in Santa Clara County. And so we serve folks of all ages um, who are queer in the community in the county um, with mental health uh, therapy referrals, gender affirming garments, connection to queer resources and community support groups, um, all sorts of stuff. And so my role as an extra help um, peer support intern is I work here part-time because I'm also in school. Um, and I just sort of like, I'm sort of like the extra help. So I assist anyone else, any of my other lovely coworkers with any of the things they may be needing help with. I also run uh, one of my own support groups for trans uh, and gender non-conforming folks. So yeah, it's like a little nutshell of what I do. All right, thank you so much for joining us and b- for being on our podcast today. While we go ahead and go into dis- discussing by visibility and specifically uh, biphobia. So what is biphobia? Well, according to the Human Rights Campaign, biphobia is prejudice, fear, or hatred directed towards bisexual people or under the bisexual umbrella. Uh, it can be it can include making jokes or comments based on myths and stereotypes to seek to undermine the legitimacy of bisexual identity, uh, like bisexuality is a phase or bi people are greedy. Biphobia occurs both within and outside of the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, also from the human rights campaign uh, and why we are specifically talking about biphobia is because of biphobia and bi erasure, bisexual people suffer significantly higher rates of depression, anxiety, domestic violence, sexual assault, and poverty uh, more than lesbians, gay men, or straight cisgender, non-transgender uh, identifying people, for those who didn't know, but if you're on this podcast, you probably know that already. Bisexuals also face major health disparities and poor healthcare outcomes from a lack of adequate preventative care. The HRC Foundation study of bisexual youth suggests that biphobia and sexual harassment start affecting bisexuals at a young age. Another reason that we're also doing this and having this conversation is that March 1st is the beginning of Bisexual Health Awareness Month. And so we're going to be talking to some of the things that affect that through biphobia, as well as just the overall bisexual umbrella experience. All right. And from there, uh, anybody have anything to add or any thoughts or reflections to what was just shared? It really is just like a dismissal of identity. Um and it's a fear and a hatred, but it's also just a lack of understanding um, is what I see most commonly in like the, mo- the more subtle ways that we see it in our society. Thank you so much, Nicole, for adding that. Um, a part of this too, there's many reasons that we're doing this podcast, uh, but one of the most direct reasons was that somebody actually requested this episode of us to do um, ex- and their story, which was similar to one that was already done before. This is from Chloe, she, her pronouns. COVID was a time where I got to explore and learn more about myself, despite the bad and the negative that COVID has brought. If it wasn't for COVID, I don't think I would have understood and found my sexuality. I used to be so sure that I was straight, but when you have time to just sit with yourself and you can learn a lot. After coming out as bisexual and femme presenting, woman of color, it's hard when people don't believe you or invalidate your sexuality. But I honestly feel like my most authentic self, and I couldn't be happier, especially with my amazing girlfriend. 
Thank you so much, Chloe, um, for sharing that. And that, as Nicole just brought in, like it's that lack of understanding. And also similarly to Chloe, I actually did come out at the very beginning of the pandemic, uh, did a lot of self-reflection sitting alone in my room. Um, and that's when I came to the understanding of myself that I identified as pansexual. Um, and it was a really, it was definitely a really rough time, but I think the biggest thing that came out of that um, was the invalidation. Usually people are quick to say like, oh, you're going through a phase or this is just for right now. Or like that stereotypical thing that you see in movies that like girls in college experiment with other girls, which I hate the word experiment personally, but um, yeah, so uh, any thoughts or reactions to Chloe's story? Yeah, first, I just want to say thank you to Chloe, if you're out there, um, for bringing this to our attention and really bringing to light this this big issue that a lot of people think go unnoticed. Um, and I think it's it's beautiful that she that she was able to find herself and explore within herself. I'll use ex like exploration as that. Um, but she explore herself and find herself during COVID. And I think it's so perfectly said in her, in what she said in her quote, that during this time, so much negative came out of it, but it really was a time for self-reflection. And I think a lot of people realized, okay, like when we're back doing, doing our regular thing, when things, when lockdown is done, like, who do I want to be? And so I just, um, I'm so proud and I'm so happy that Chloe can now be who she wants to be. And love her girlfriend freely. <laughs> yeah, if I could just add on to that as well, like shout out to you, Chloe. That's amazing. I'm so happy for you. Um, but yeah, in addition, like I came out before COVID, but um, I know what it feels like to like sit with yourself and have those like sort of like thoughts that we've been given by society maybe, or like feelings that we've been given by other people. And like, what does that mean in terms of relation to your bisexuality? Like, oh, maybe you have some invalidating thoughts or like, I know for me, it was, I always thought it was something that I would go out of and I would like sort of like have sort of a sexuality that I settled into and like, you know, all these years later, I'm still identifying under the divine umbrella. So it's cool. It's awesome. But yeah, uh, you're not alone if you have those experiences or those negative, um, I guess, sort of like effects of what other folks maybe have said, but they're not valid. I'm, I'm happy for you for, for finding yourself. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that, Bella and Pia, and giving uh, a little bit of vulnerability into your own experience. I really, really appreciate that. Um, from another listener, uh, the next two uh, introductions, we had uh, people share their own stories anonymously or give their name if they chose to um, through our listener submission form, which is available after every episode, just to plug that a little bit. But um, both of these come from Rachel and uh, she, her pronouns from her experience. And this also caters to the fact of the stereotypes and the biphobia that is felt within not only the queer community, but uh, within uh, the heterosexual community or straight community as well, is that there's perceptions of prejudice ideas of hypersexuality of bi peoples, especially the idea that since they like both, they'll do both. Uh, perpetuating significantly higher rates of sexual assault and harassment, perceived heterosexuality for those dating someone of a different gender, gender. and uh, Rachel also spoke to the fact that uh, she experienced her mom being biphobic, actively calling bi people selfish, which is something that we learned in the human rights campaign, uh, quote, for wanting more than everybody else. And so that's a like a very, very stereotypical way of thinking that because you are attracted to multiple genders, whether it's sexually or romantically, that you're greedy or that you're a whore or a slut or whatever derogatory term you would care to wish because that adds into how it's portrayed in media and how it's portrayed in uh, interactions with folks who want to do whatever they can for male attention usually. Um, so Nicole, I think there's something that you wanted to talk about after that, that sort of wraps into that. 
Um, well, I'll just say something about these quotes also. Um, also, as a pan-identifying person, I, I don't like both because it is just like a really gendered thing. Um, but I also think that this conversation has more nuance when we look at the stereotypes and the perceptions of different gendered by people. Um, and so when we see, uh, Rachel talks about, talks about it a little bit, like if you are a bisexual woman dating a man, people assume that you're straight. Um, but when we look at bisexual men, they're often presumed to be gay. Um, and then bisexual women are often like, oh, it's just a phase, you're heterosexual. And so I think that that is a really interesting um, nuance of this conversation. And so far we only have um, female voices or female identifying voices here or woman identifying voices here. So I thought it was important to bring that perspective in. Um, yes. And then one, there's a current viral video going around that is terrible and just perpetuates every harmful stereotype um, against women loving women, women or bisexual people who love women. Um, and this creator um, has an OnlyFans account and only does solo or performs acts with other women. She, out of respect for her boyfriend, will not have sex with other men because she thinks that is crossing the line. But having sex with women, totally okay. It actually, it is for the pleasure of her man. She says that her she does it because her man like derives some kind of pleasure from it. Fetishizing and objectifying the women that she is um, having these relations with. She says she is straight. She makes it very clear several times she is straight, she's straight, but she thinks all women are sexy and she wants to sleep with everyone, with all women. Uh, but she would never, never date one. Um, so problematic in so many ways. Uh, but just thought I'd put that out there to have a conversation about that and how that ties into the vibe visibility. Yeah, if I could add on to that, um, you know, definitely great points everyone's making. Um, I know for myself as like a female identified person, like that is my best sexuality has been perceived differently um, across different stages of my life. Uh, I am a transgender woman. So maybe before transition, um, earlier in my teens, when I was, you know, maybe perceived as male um, and coming out as bi, like that was, I had more of a difficult reaction or folks gave more of a difficult reaction to me coming out. They would think that, oh, I was a slut, I was greedy. But then post-transition, when I tell folks that I'm, I'm under the bi umbrella, um, I don't face those kinds of as many negative stereotypes as I did when I was more male presenting. So um, yeah, so definitely gender perception can play into it. Um, I definitely have faced hostility from, you know, multiple sides of, of how I'm perceived, but, um, but yeah, no, there definitely was a difference I noticed, um, you know, pre and post transition for me. Yeah, thank you Pia for sharing that. I think um, something interesting, that Nicole mentioned when she was talking about this viral creator who made this video was the whole part of bi visibility. Because I think what so often happens is we fall into these patterns of fetishizing, um, either like women loving women relationships, um, when someone's in a hetero relationship at the same time. And I think it really loses, again, like that aspect of visibility for this population that really does love who they love. And I think um, this creator just like perpetuated these harmful stereotypes that men love to see two women together, but they have to be cis het women, of course. They can't actually be, um, God forbid, they're like actual queer women. And so it also, I think what goes into this is um, not only gender, but also thinking about um, like how they look and how, God forbid, they they look a little too queer or um, anything of that sense. And so I think this whole visibility aspect is more than just like acknowledging the existence, but it's like, who are we letting um, have these relationships freely? And then who are we, who are we hindering? One of the other things that she says in this video is like, there's a very clear emphasis that like having sex and like doing these things and having sexual acts with, um, with women does not make her bisexual or um or gay even or lesbian 
Um, and totally true, but then people generalize that and apply that to actual bisexual or bi umbrella identifying people. And suddenly, specifically when it comes to female identifying people, now like all of their activities with women are just fetishized and like, oh, it's just fun, all this other stuff. Um, but they'll end up going back to their boyfriends. They'll end up going back to the men, like all this other stuff. And so I particularly harmful to bi people and lesbians. Thank you so much for everybody for sharing uh, what they shared, especially with this creator and how they, um, and them profiting over the stereotypes of bisexuality is uh, also harming them in the way that it's perpetuating the same uh, stereotypes that lead to sexual violence because of what is thought uh, by many uh women who identify as bisexual. Um, in, according to a study done by the National Sexual Violence Resource Center, um, while sexual violence is dis disproportionately perpetuated against the queer community across the board, the bi plus and trans communities are found to have the highest rates of sub as sub communities. Studies indicate that 61% of bisexual women experience rape, physical violence, or stalking by an intimate partner compared to 35% of straight women. 37% of bisexual men experience rape, uh, physical violence, and stalking by an intimate partner compared to 29% of straight men. Again, those rates are even higher for trans folks and people of color. So that's just uh, specifically talking to the white experience, but when you add the intersectionality or of your gender identity or uh, the color of your skin, um, it's so much more in infiltrated. And so by people performing in this way or getting money or getting financial security in this way, like by perpetuating these stereotypes, you're doing so much more harm than you even perceive because it's like oh it's just this cute little thing I do for my boyfriend and then uh out of respect for him but and that can also be a fact of that she is so adamant that she is straight which that can be true like you can identify however you wish to identify but it's also could come out of a place of I'm too scared to actually sit down and consider with myself what this actually means for me because I don't know how it's going to be perceived by either my boyfriend or whoever else is in my life. So I think that is an important part to share as well for anyone who may be questioning their identity right now or uh, set and firm that they're straight and that's how they how they identify. It's fine, but you also have to consider what this is doing to the community from this creator and many people who do the same. Like we see it in TV shows uh, and media. What am I thinking? Specifically, there's like the bisexual villain in a lot of like horror or TV shows where their whole appeal is that they're super sexy, but also because they're bi and can be with anybody, they're perpetuated as evil or sinful or um, doing it for the attention uh, of sexual gratification or things like that. I think there's also something to be said about um, the label of bisexuality as like people using it to get attention um, because I that has been a common thing. Uh, there was this girl in my high school who like had an official Instagram post like coming out as bisexual. Um, and she was known to pull stunts like this to um, get attention. This was not the first time, but everyone was like, oh my God, like they just kissed a girl at a party, like all this stuff. And then like a week later was like, no, I was just kidding. Like, I don't actually like girls. And I was like, wow, that's so harmful. That's so crazy. Um, like using a marginalized identity to get clout for a second, um, or like people, like you see a lot on the internet too, it's like, oh my God, like I'm so attracted to girls, but like, I don't think I could ever be with one. Like this idea of being bisexual because it's appealing to other people and like doing it for attention is becoming more and more relevant in our society and is um, causing so many problems. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that, Nicole. And yeah, uh, even in my 
personal experience, this is when I did eventually come out as pan. Um, I was still like kind of talking to like some people that I used to like date or some exes or things like that, like that had come into my life to ask me or congratulate me for coming out. But there was this one dude specifically that was like, oh, that's bullshit. Like, uh, if you just let me get it, I can, I can transform you. I can make you like men again. Like, it was just so annoying. It was the final straw to like exact this man out of my life. But also it speaks to the, the thought in your head, the stereotypes. And also, uh, it is a form of, uh, corrective rape to think that you can correct somebody because they're just going through a phase or something like that, which is something that we don't hear about as often, but um, is perpetuated from something that used to happen a lot more often and still happens in some states where um, it is not as safe to be out and present with who you are. Yeah, I think that brings up a really good point that kind of touches on what Nicole said earlier about the assumption that bisexuality isn't valid. And I remember um, I heard this once and I thought it was just the most perfect way to say it, but biphobia and um, the bi erasure automatically assumes that everyone is just into men because they think the women who, um, who come out as bi are just straight but looking for attention. And then on the other side, the men um, who come out as bi are really just gay, but they're like scared to say that, Um, which one, not only just like completely disrespects all other gender identities, but it just like automatically assumes that everyone's just really into men. And I hate that narrative because it just gives them more power. Um, But yeah, I heard that and I was just like, that is, that's like the most perfect way to say it because um, that just kind of mirrors like a lot of the experiences that I've heard and personally had of just like oh no 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 like she's bi and then like bi like in quotations like let her go through her thing or let let them go through their thing let him whoever as you'll have it let them go through their thing and they'll they'll come to the right side or you know they'll come to their senses if you will so I thought that was really interesting just a little connection there I can relate to that so much. Um, when I was in high school, I had asked this girl to a dance and I was already out as bi at the time. And I remember she was like, oh no, but like in like a really dismissive kind of note, she was like, oh no, like you're just into men. Like the bi thing is just like, sort of like this little like label, temporary label I'm putting on myself because like, I really like men. And then I'm going to go back to that. So I'm just kind of like, pretending or experimenting or doing it for whatever um and so you know she didn't want to go to the answer me because she didn't think that I was actually into her when I was so that sucks but yeah no that perpetuated even in high school so yeah I was kind of talking about this the other day I don't remember with who but um bisexuality is kind of like a pit stop back until the binary of like gay or straight um and it just like completely ignores the fact that sexuality is a spectrum. Um, and I feel like people nowadays are even they're, they're becoming more like accepting, I would say, of the community. But it is still very much in a binary where it's like you're either gay or you're straight. Like there's no in between like that doesn't exist. And so a lot of times you'll see like, oh, you don't actually like women. It's just your pit stop on the way to gay or it's your pit stop on the way to lesbian or you'll revert and it was a face. Like either way, like they just want to stick you in the binary. Um, which is something that we have to continuously like break every day. Hello everyone, this is Anissa taking a little break from the conversation that we're having for a little ad in what is going on not only with the RC and the OML, but with the Q Corner. To start us off, the Q Corner is going to be holding community conversation with TGI Plus folks Wednesday, March 8th from 6 to 7.30 p.m. This is going to go on via Zoom. Uh, There will be links in the description on how to get there via Zoom, as well as a link to their Instagram page for more information. Uh, Similar to that conversation, uh, the Q Corner will also be holding community conversations with LGBTQAP2S Plus folks Friday, March 10th from 4 to 5.30 p.m. also via Zoom. Once again, those links will be left in the description down below if you wanna know more information. So go ahead and head over there.
On the OML and RSC side of events going on, the OML is going to be having another difficult dialogue. This one is the future of the diversity requirement in ethnic studies. This is going to be going on Tuesday, March 7th from 5.30 p.m. to 7 p.m. in the library viewing and taping room A. This is a really important conversation that needs to be had very, very soon. So please go and board us up while we have this conversation. Next, Rainbow Resource Center is going to be having a CSU Women Faculty panel, Their Truth, Their Story. This is going to be going on Wednesday, March 8th from 5 to 7 p.m. in California Mission Room. We hope to see you there. This is a very busy week for us. So on Thursday, March 9th, we are going to be doing Package with Care. Uh, this is a collaboration between the RSC and the Wellness Center. Uh, this is going to be an event where you can join in making care packages for either yourself or someone else. This is going to be going on Thursday, March 9th at 5 p.m. in the California Mission Room. And finally, uh, the Queer Craft Corner is going to be doing splatter art on Friday, March 10th from 12 to 2 p.m. at the OML House. That is at 832 Market Street across from Swig. At this event, you could just come get some free food. I'm not saying it's not pizza, but it's probably going to be pizza uh so come throw some paint balloons make a mess and just release all that energy before we head into week 10 and finals week we hope to see you there and we hope you really enjoy your time thank you so much for listening to this ad break and now let's get back to the conversation we're having yeah and you're right it's always the from the matter of of the binary of when are you going to get back or when are you going to just fully go in and admit that you're a lesbian or you're gay or whatever identity and um that plays into the invalid invalidity of the bisexual experience but there is or and not but uh and it continues to harm us all and how can we not that we're like rapping right now, but knowing this information and knowing that within our own identities that this is something that we all struggle with or we have all experienced in one one form or another. Um, what advice do we have for people that are going through this or what can we do to uh, firmly show that this is, that we are valid other than just existing because it is valid. Uh, not to be cliche, but I honestly, I think like the more conversations like this that we're having, like really bring to light um, the fact that, you know, especially for folks who maybe feel that they're alone in this, or maybe they feel like they have no one else they can talk to. We're all here and we all fall under some sort of spectrum of the bi umbrella. And there's so many other folks um, out there as well. So um, I think the more we talk about it and more as a community that we show up and have a presence um, that creates more awareness and more awareness leads to, you know, more understanding and, and less folks out there with misinformation about what bi, bisexual umbrella really is. I think it kind of goes back to that first quote we had from Chloe, it's like, live in your authenticity, like having people see authentic people under the bi umbrella, just like living their lives. And even if you are in heterosexual um, spaces or in relationships, like holding that identity with you at all times and just truly living in that identity is going to be more powering to you and others around you and help bring that kind of like awareness and normalization of that spectrum of sexuality. Thank you both for sharing that. Nicole, that reminded me of something that I did want to talk about is like um, with the bisexual identity when you, because it's anybody and uh, a whole range of people that you can be attracted to um there is a lot of biphobia that happens within the queer community because uh specifically my mind goes to a couple of creators that I are podcasters of from ladies and tangents who both identify as bisexual but are both in uh married to men and uh present as a heterosexual couple but face those uh, that invalidity because everyone's like, oh, well, you married a man. Of course you're straight. Like, no, that's not what happens. Bi means everybody. It means anyone that I decide or anyone that I care for, whether it's sexual attraction, romantic attraction, um, because I don't, and I say that because I don't want to 
exclude people who may uh, identify as asexual or aromantic. That is why I keep like identifying that because we're talking about bisexuality and the way that we're actually using it as an umbrella term is to uh, identify those who are attracted either sexually or romantically to multiple genders. So I just wanted to clarify that just in case people were confused, but also speak to the experience of bi people who look straight based on who they're uh, dating at the time. Yeah, I think something interesting about that is just the sheer fact that there is quite a bit of privilege that does come when you are in a hetero or hetero presenting relationship. And I think that, like you said, Anissa, that's where um, within the queer community, I think there's also a disconnect because um, because of this choice, because of this, um, because we, we have this ability to love across genders, across um, like orientations, like there is a sense of privilege that comes with that because one of that, one of those options, if you will, not that I want to call them options, but is a heterosexual relationship and that inherently comes with privileges that a lot of people um within the broader queer community don't have and don't have the option to have as well yeah of course and in yeah we have to actually address that there there is privilege in that because of the harm that is done to lgbtq plus people on the daily and specifically mostly in the trans community but is still experienced on a daily basis. It also made me think of a conversation uh, with my dad that I had when I first came out because there was like mixed emotions with my family, uh, depending on who it was, they were either accepting or not. My dad was just incredibly curious. So he would just come and I like, and that was just the relationship that I had with him at the time. Like, I'm like, if you have a question, just ask me, I will freely answer because I know that you're in the dark and you were raised to believe that this that all gay people are evil and things like that so he asked so if you were to be with a man would that be a straight relationship and I was like well it would present that way but no matter what I'm still pan I'm still gay like I'm still exist in the space no matter who I love and who I am with at the time and I think watching his face, because he was raised to believe in the binary and then also believe that people in the LGBT plus community were evil and against God and whatever other bullshit you want to spout. But um, it was like it was like something clicked in him and he was like, oh, you can just like anybody. And I was like, that's literally the definition. But yeah. But yeah. So it just made me think of those experiences and. Uh, rounding about to what Pia said earlier about having these conversations and being open to answering questions. Of course, it shouldn't always have to fall on you to answer questions because it's exhausting to have to do that all the time. But in spaces where you feel comfortable in having these conversations, it's definitely more beneficial uh, to do so. Yeah, those are all wonderful points. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I just want to touch a little bit on sort of like, I guess, like heterosexual bias um, in, in bi plus relationships. Um, I mean, I've had comments, and this also ties into transphobia as well, where folks have literally told me as a trans person that anyone in a relationship with me would inherently be bisexual because I blur the gender line so much that like, oh, it defaults. And it's like, no, like someone in a relationship with me, if they're a man, then it's a heterosexual relationship, right? Because I'm a woman and, and that's just how that dynamic works. But um, yeah, sort of like that conflating, I guess, the trans experience with the bi experience, like defaulting to, oh, you know, you aren't the gender that you say you are, or you're conveying something that's not authentic to who you are. It's total myth, like, you know. Um, and so me being bisexual is independent and folks being in a relationship with me is independent to them being bisexual. I don't know if any of that made sense, but that's what I'm trying to say, yeah. Yeah, that made perfect sense, Pia. Thank you so much for adding that in addition. Um, all right, so uh, there is, I came back to like an example in uh, TV shows and media. I recently had rewatched uh, How to Get Away with Murder um, fully through, but it made me think of in the first season how uh, the one character, Michaela, is engaged to be married uh, to a man. And then 
later finds out that he is bisexual or had been in a relationship with another one of her classmates connor and the entire first season it's her just like getting mad at him and like being like if you're gay just tell me and it it goes back to like what we were talking about earlier where uh the gender of the bi person does inherently uh lead to the that binary like you're either gay or straight and how how much it induces either anger frustration from somebody else because they don't understand um but yeah that was something that I forgot to mention earlier and I just wanted to bring it back in the room in case anyone had any other thoughts about what was shared or any other topic that they would like to cover I'm so glad you said that because that reminded me of actually a conversation I had very recently um but I'm currently watching the third season of Love is Blind and I was thinking about the first season where um a couple for those who don't know Love is Blind is you go into the pods you're blinded there's like a wall between you and you basically just have to like talk to people and then fall in love and you have to like get married to see or not get married get engaged in order to see them and so the first season I believe five couples were engaged or something anyway it doesn't matter but one of these couples carlton and diamond your name (laughs) one of these couples um on their honeymoon so after they had finally like seen each other in person um carlton decides to tell diamond that he is bisexual and long story short that ends their relationship and they're on their honeymoon and it just was and this isn't even like scripted. This isn't even, this is reality TV. Like this was their real conversation. And it just, it showed all aspects of biphobia and um, just like the lack of bi visibility. And I remember um, thinking how awful it was, the reaction to him saying that he was bisexual, but also why did he feel the need to hide it for so long? if you're exposing yourself in this vulnerable situation and if you're in these pods to get to know each other and you're going to spend your life with someone why aren't you telling them this huge part of your identity and so I think there were just so many things that came up with that and that's such an interesting um show to think about because it like I said it's not scripted it's like literal like reality tv and it's just a really good representation of like things that are actually happening I think uh, one of the one of the things that the conversation didn't get to really get fully fledged out because Carlton acted in a very defensive manner mm-hmm. and kind of like pushed the conversation away because he thought it would go badly. But one of the things that did happen when Carlton came out was like Diamond felt tricked. She felt like mm-hmm. she was deceived. She felt like he was lying to her, all this stuff. I personally felt like it was going in the direction of well, do you even like me for real? Because if you're bisexual, you might just like men. But it didn't get to that point. Carlton didn't let it get to that point. Um, but the really only thing we can analyze there is um, you tricked me, which is something we hear a lot, with the, especially in the trans uh, identity as well, um, with bisexuality in this scenario. Um, and then we also see like Carlton being so he wasn't accepting of himself. So that scene was actually so sad to me because he knew his identity, but he couldn't authentically live in his identity yet. And that was very clear. Um, He even ended up blowing up on some allies like later down in the season because he was so insecure with himself. And to that, I just like wanted to be a learning moment for other people. Like you you have to like be okay with yourself. Like it's not going to be other people's problems that you can't accept yourself all the time. so it really is like live live authentically. Um, I I feel like it all could have been avoided in the pods um, if he had come out, been who he was. Granted, that relationship probably wouldn't have ended in an engagement, um, but it wasn't supposed to. So, Yeah, I think uh, I haven't seen Love is Blind, but uh, from what y'all are saying, I can understand and resonate with the experience that was portrayed or that did happen on the show. Um, I also want to note that 
just the idea of like oh you tricked me and now that incites anger or events or frustration like yes those are valid emotions to have but it's not a matter of you tricked me like for whatever reason you do not have to you do not always have to come out you can live and be however you see comfortable but I think in this situation it was a specific thing where you're on a tv show where you're kind of like already gonna have that what I like no one should be forced to come out either but there's just some certain things where if you are looking some to somebody who you will want to marry someday that is something that you are probably gonna have to bring up and have a conversation about to make sure that you're on the same paths of what you want for your life and for your marriage it's the same thing for like people who don't talk about whether or not they want kids and then they get married and they're like what do you mean you don't want a baby? I'm like, of course I don't want a baby. But like those sort of things where it's just those conversations you have to have. Um, of course, this was on TV. So that adds a factor of everybody's going to know now. But the, it is a part of conversations that you should have with your partner in that way. Absolutely. And like having that concept of like outing and, and having, you know, security in your identity, um, you know, it, it plays a lot into yourself but also your partners and your partner's um circle of friends as well um I know from my experience I was talking to a, a woman who we did we've been dating a little bit and she identified as a lesbian and um she had a lot of friends who also identified as a lesbian and when she introduced me to them she wanted me to tell them that I was a lesbian so that they would approve of me more um as opposed to if I said I was bisexual they would think I was like lesser than and I was like that's no that's terrible so that relationship really didn't last for that and other reasons but um the sort of that idea of like oh wanting approval from other people to have to say you know some type of facet of a truth like yeah like I do like women but I also like other genders too so yeah having that facet of like being secure in yourself and securing your partner is like really really important well from there uh, if y'all are comfortable I would like to because it is March uh, as of right now we're recording on the 28th so tomorrow will be uh, bisexual health awareness month um, but I just kind of wanted to bring in some of the health aspects that a lot of bisexual individuals or those who fall under the bio umbrella experience um, so this is once again from the um, National uh, Sexual Violence Resource Center um, according to the Bisexual Resource Center, uh, bi plus people are like are less likely to be out than their gay counterparts as a higher risk of mental health struggles and intimate partner violence. More specifically, the people in the bi plus community face higher rates of anxiety, depression, and other mood disorders, higher levels of sexualization or being objectivized or fetishized by others, higher reporting self-harm, lower levels of social support, which contribute to low and help seeking and increase in mental health issues, higher rates of in intimate partner violence and low self-esteem, higher rates of sexual harassment in the workplace and in public, higher rates of substance use, including cigarette smoking and heavy drinking, and increase in eating disorders, higher poverty rates, um, and BIPOS folks are frequently mocked when identifying as pansexual, omnisexual, or fluid by the larger public who doesn't understand these terms and what they mean. Their sexual identity is often equated to being a hipster or PC or is devalued, especially in online spaces. Um, so that was something that I wanted to bring into the conversation. And also, as we start to wrap up, um, if anyone has any thoughts about what was shared in those statistics, but also it because they all are based in the stereotypes and the phobias that are uh, exhibited by the queer and straight communities because of the harm that is done to bi folks. And another thing that we should have mentioned at the top that I completely forgot is that the B in LGBT, if you want to just stick it to those four letters, is the biggest uh, population within the LGBTQ plus community. And yet they're overlooked and uh, posed to all these harms in uh, devaluation, which is crazy because we make up the majority of the community. But um, yeah, as we head into uh, Bisexual Health Awareness Month and head into 
discussing a little bit of what our offices can um, provide or what resources we have to give. Is there anything else that anybody would like to share on this topic or any others before we go into wrapping it, wrapping everything up? I don't have to, obviously, as the public health student here, but I think these issues really are issues of public health, and they they stem from not only the like we've been talking about biphobia, but just the stigma around around not only the queer community, but then also within that, like the bi plus community, um, because like I mentioned earlier, because of the perceived certain privileges that come with this identity and not fitting in either like binary of, oh, are you like queer? Are you like gay or are you straight? And so it really struck me, Anissa, when you were just mentioning all of that, because at the end of the day, bisexual people deserve and have the right to the same care and the same consideration that the rest of the community does. And I think what's hard is when you go for like your checkups or your doctor's office, like everything, people and doctors are going to be much more likely to give you the queer health um, surveillance and, you know, like check for queer health issues if you identify as gay or lesbian. But there's, there are so many queer checkups and for lack of a better word, I guess, that need to be done for everyone in the queer community, which includes bisexual people. And so what's hard is be, just because you might be bisexual and currently um, seeing like in a hetero relationship or um, something like that, like that doesn't mean you should be denied the care and the queer affirming care that that you deserve just like just like everyone else. And so I think that in and of itself is just a huge issue that um, really just stems from the stigma and this this fear and the invisibility of the bi plus community. So just had to interject there. I love public health. <laughs> Thank you so much for saying that, Bella. Um, yeah, uh, anybody else, any thoughts, reactions or feelings that have come up from that? All right, well, thank you all for coming in and joining in this conversation in order to uh, properly share that while we're having this conversation, we will always be having this conversation, uh, whether you're coming into the RC or the OML house or if you're going to the Q Corner. So uh, Pia, at this moment, if you would like to share like some of the resources that the Q Corner has, whether it's related to uh, bisexuality or any uh, identity under the LGBTQ plus I community um please go ahead and share what your office does and uh any resources that we can look to yeah thank you so much um i think i touched on this a little bit in the beginning but i'm happy to reiterate um so what the q corner does is we um we are peer support driven um for community by community right so uh we help assist folks with navigating all the mental health resources that the county has to offer in the behavioral health department um for the queer community right because sometimes these these things can be tricky to navigate so that's why we're here to help um we also run support groups i run a support group um so my coworkers also run support groups um for folks of all identities this does include the bi, bi plus umbrella of course um we also offer gender affirming garments to our queer trans um, and gender non-conforming folks so that's like chest binders trans tape um, gaps for tucking um those sort of things um and safer sex supplies as well so yeah that's like a broad overview but um yeah folks of all all all, all identities within within the queer umbrella are welcome here all ages as well all right thank you so much for sharing that and for also granting for one being here and offering your resources on a daily basis we often will share your stuff on social media and things like that or go to your office for supplies so thank you so much for being here with us today we greatly appreciate it um i will leave links to the um to the q corners website as well as their as social media so that everyone could get more in touch with the q corner if they so wish and just have that resource in our box um Nicole and Bella, is there anything that we would like to promote that's coming out of our office? Uh, this is set to go out, by the way, on March 6th. So if there's anything within that week or anything that you would like to promote in the future or anything that you're just really enjoying right now. 
let's just say get excited for Gabriel in spring quarter the ROC is gonna pop off we have we have rainbow prom coming up we have Gabriel which is gonna have tons of really fun um events and activities and as always we just want to encourage people to come to the rainbow resource center it's um, the lower floor of Benson. It's right on the way to the cellar. So we know you see us. So just pop on in. We'd love to have you. Yes. Thank you so much. We're the room with all the rainbows and that we can see you standing on the outside. It's okay. You can come inside. We we welcome you uh, no matter your identity. Um, something else that I would like to promote at this time, uh, of course, is the weekly event that I hold, Queer Craft Corner. Um, by the time that this episode will come out, we will be prepping for our next uh, craft, which we will be doing is, let me think, oh, paint balloon artwork. So this is a, basically a space for us to have like a non-rage room, rage room. Basically, I'm going to have a giant canvas and other smaller canvases for you to just stand in front of and throw water balloons full of paint at. That way we can create some artwork get ready to get down for finals because it's the week before finals week uh de-stress and just take out anything that is pent up from the hell that this quarter has literally been but um yeah thank you so much for listening and for joining us today in this conversation if you have any more questions uh feel free to contact anybody that was here or the rc instagram uh, contact us at rc at scu.edu or if you see me or see any of us around the office come and come and chat with us or if you would like to anonymous anonymously talk to us you can go ahead and fill out the uh, viewer slash listener inbox and check us out on other things we are always getting ready and like bella said earlier always come into our office we're super super welcome but thank you all again. And this has been another episode of Word on the Street, an RC and OML podcast. Bye, y'all.